Dangling After Dark with Dick Dangle. Episode 448 is a full episode interview with the CEO and co-owner of Why Not, Connor Young. Warning, this show is only for adults who like sex. Does your dick hang low? Does it dangle to and fro? Can you tie it in a knot? Can you tie it in a bow? (laughs) Don't worry. Dick will be coming. Welcome to the Covert Nation. Here he is. Dick Jangle. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 448 of Dangling After Dark with Dick Dangle. Welcome to the Pervert Nation. I am your host, Dick Dangle, and I hope that this message finds everybody doing well, taking care of each other, and living the best life you possibly can. With this episode, you are going to hear from the CEO and co-owner of Why Not, Connor Young. Thank you very much to him for giving me so much of his time. I'm a big fan and supporter of Why Not, and a lot of that not only has to do with who they are within the adult community, but who they are as people. And I was lucky enough to meet the members of Why Not over the past couple of years. We've become fast friends. And when Why Not began to announce different things within the adult community when it comes to technology, I wanted to talk about it on this show. And it's really difficult to not just make it sound like an infomercial when it comes to me bringing people on. But with Connor, it was very easy because we do know each other, but not super well. We see each other at conventions and we talk on occasion. But this really gave me a chance to talk about him, talk about how he came to work with Why Not, and some of the things that they are developing. It is really fascinating to watch what they are doing. And one of the things that we talk about is a new social media platform. And when I read it from their press release, I was thinking, okay, first off, this is a bit over my head. So he was very kind in really explaining it in a way that I could wrap my brain around. But I love the fact that they are doing this because it is truly showing how they support the industry, and it is just literally another branch of the tree of support that they have for this community. They offer so many different products that help the industry, and I'm so happy that I know them the way that I do, and they have brought me in that way, and they are comfortable with me because I am very comfortable with who they are as as people and business people. And of course, we get into the fun stuff like we normally do when I do interviews and we have some laughs and uh, share some opinions on the adult industry, which we did when I did his podcast. And we talk a little bit about that at the beginning of the interview. But I want you as Pervert Nation to listen to this interview because there's a little bit to learn. There's some fun to be had. And I think it's really good food for thought 
when it comes to the adult industry. And I think it shows this company in great light. So I hope you find a way to support them either by going to the booth when they are at different conventions and saying, Hey, I heard about you on dangling after dark. Love the interview. Thanks for being on or by going to the booth and supporting the performers that they have at the booth signing, because that is what is truly important is supporting the adult community. So without further ado, here is the CEO and co-owner of Why Not, Connor Young. Thank you, one and all, for listening to this episode. Please take care of yourselves and each other. Pay for your porn and support amazing content creators just like the ones you hear on this show. Find something that feeds your soul and do it as often as you possibly can. And, of course, dangle on. My guest wears a lot of hats for an amazing company. He is the CEO and co-owner of Why Not, an industry news, business, and support site for all things in the adult community that began in 1996. He's also the founder and creator of Why Not Cam Awards, as well as the host of the Sell Porn or Die Trying podcast. Now, looking to fill a need in adult... He and the team have branched out to pioneer a new hope for social media. Please welcome to the show a man with great taste in music, adult beverages, and performers, the handsome Connor Young. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you for that wonderful intro. That's awesome. Appreciate it. (laughs) That's what I do. I love when I actually have the people on camera, and when I start to read the intro, they're like, hell yeah, I'm cool. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Kind of like our our walk up uh, to uh, like a UFC fight or something like that. We exactly. get that little announcement, get to like walk into the show. I, I love it. <laughs> if I wasn't afraid of blowing out my own sound system, I would try to do the buffer intro where I scream your name. But I'd rather rather keep the mics intact. <laughs> so before we get started, can you please tell everybody where they could find you and everything you and why not are on social media and online. Yeah, no, happy to do it. So our flagship website is whynot.com, which is spelled Y-N-O-T.com. That's our news media site. Um, Lots of great information about the adult industry, especially for people who work in the adult industry, businesses, talent, et cetera. Uh, You can find me on on Twitter. I'm most active on Twitter at whynotconnor, Y-N-O-T-C-O-N-N-O-R. So please follow me there. Interact with me there. I would love to hear from you. So those are probably the two best ways. I'm not on Facebook very much. So um, you can find us through our website or through uh, through Twitter. That's the best best way to do it. I, I will add our our company social media site is just whynot.com. So at Y-N-O-T-D-O-T-C-O-M, like with the dot spelled out. That's our Twitter handle. Fantastic. Now, first off, allow me to say thank you again for having me on your Cell Porn or Die Trying podcast. Last year I had just a ton of fun and actually got a lot of great feedback from it. So it's, uh, I feel the need to reciprocate and bring you on my show, but there are things that uh, I would definitely like to talk about. But once again, thank you so much for that. Loved having you, man. It was a great episode and I also got a lot of great feedback. So, um, yeah, appreciated that. Yeah, for sure. Now let's 
<laughs> this is going to sound so stupid, but I love saying it. Let's start at the beginning. If you don't mind, please give the listeners a little bit of background into your history with Why Not. How did you get involved with the company? Yeah, so I actually was a independent webmaster. Um, that's how I got started in the industry, just building websites. And uh, at a time when it was really easy to make money with them, you know, build a little site and uh, put a bucket out and catch the uh, cash. Uh, it was a very unique time. And so I was doing that for a period of time. And then I um, I switched over and got a job working with this guy uh, on his blog site that covered the adult industry. It was called theadultwebmaster.com. And we just wrote articles for other web you know, adult web developers and people from that community, affiliates, uh, that whole crowd. And it caught the attention of Why Not's owners at the time. It was a different ownership group. And they cut a deal with the guy who owned that blog to bring his assets over into Why Not. I was actually one of them. So I came over with the um, with that transfer. And eventually, like Jay and I, we weren't owners at the time of Why Not, but we both were really just running the company for a long time. The owners just kind of leaned on us to really run things for a while. And eventually we were able to uh, buy them out and take over the company. So, I mean, we, I'd say we, we were kind of like de facto owners in that we made the decisions for the company. We, we ran its direction for quite a while. And, uh, and then eventually we just, we just made it official, right. And bought out the, uh, the past ownership. Now, you mentioned Jay. Of course, that would be Jay Capita. And I want to uh, warn you that name is nothing but slander on the show, and you are not allowed to bring him up again. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that, that'll be the last time, I promise. <laughs> he, you know what? He hears his name too much as it is anyway. <laughs> he doesn't go or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> that karaoke singing motherfucker. No, I'm kidding. That's uh, right. He's, he's, I always say he's our front man. He's like, if we're Van Halen, he's David Lee Roth, and I'm Van Halen writing the tunes and stuff. So, uh, you know, in the background, but uh, that's uh, that's kind of our dynamic there. Okay, I would like to hear him do the David Lee Roth squeal one time for sure. <laughs> I bet he could do it. I bet he could. Probably not wrong. Now, when it comes to you writing this blog and then getting into it. Were you a fan of adult or were you more a fan of the opportunity that adult presented to you? Hmm. So that's a good question. So, and I've always been, I'm a big photography fan, right? So when I was young, um, with respect to adult, I wasn't much of an adult video, uh, connoisseur. I was more of an adult, uh, photography connoisseur. So I loved, um, magazines at the time and, and still photography. And I always had a passion for photography. And originally I thought that's kind of what I wanted to get into was photography when I was eyeballing adult. But I ran a – man, this is crazy. This show dates me. But I ran a bulletin board like back in college when I was in college. It was a little BBS system, pre-internet really, and people would dial into it with a modem. And um, it was expensive. You know, you had like cutting-edge computers, multiple phone lines, multiple modems, CD-ROMs full of files. So I um, I wanted to make some money. I created a little adult section in the um, bulletin board system, and I charged people for access to it because it was the only thing they would pay for. And I was trying to get my costs covered. And uh, that just really was of interest to me. So when the internet – this was also in college from the internet started really going mainstream, and it killed that board. Like nobody was using boards anymore when they had the internet. Cool. 
So I just sort of decided at the time, all right, I need to learn HTML. So I had all these images uh, left over from the board that I would that I had in the file sections. And I started using them to create little web pages, and I and I went into it from there. So I guess the interest there was like photography led to that bulletin board system section that I had, which then led to me learning HTML. That quickly changed to financial interest because the first little site I made, this is like 2000, I'm sorry, 1997, the first little website I made, I was just fooling around with it. I didn't know if it was going to make any money or not. Um, I was actually just worried about like, can I get in trouble with this? I don't know, it's like adult content, can I put it on the internet? So there was a company that made what was called, they called them an age verification system, but really it just meant you subscribe to this thing for one fee for a year. It was like 20 bucks for a year. And you get access to all these little adult sites, right? Because you have a credit card, you've quote unquote proven your age was the was the idea. But really it was a money-making approach. So I put my site on that network really because I was just like, I wanted to say, look, I tried to keep kids off, you know, so I at least had that at the very least um, at the time. And I uploaded the site to some search engines and I went away on my honeymoon at the time. I'd just gotten uh, married. And when I came back, I checked stats saying maybe I'll make some beer money off of this thing, right? Hey, did I make any sales? And the time I was gone, I was gone for like a week and a half or so. It made like, you know, over $2,000, right? And, uh, <laughs> And so it was just like, wow, this is interesting. And so I um, I kept at it, of course, like at that point, making additional sites and, and uploading them and stuff. Of course, I did that. I had a mainstream job. I was working uh, for a DOD contractor. We were doing simulation software for uh, Department of Defense, the military. So I was doing all that stuff in my mainstream job. But eventually it was like, this is making way too much money. I can't uh, I can't look elsewhere. I have to go take advantage of this opportunity while it lasts. So I. I kind of went into it full time with that. It was just it was a financial. But I love the like I said, I'm a big fan of uh, photography, adult photography. Um, you brought those magazines to um, Exotica. We talked about those on my podcast. I'm a big fan of that. I used to have a great collection. Um, don't anymore, but uh, I used to have a great collection of them. So, um, yeah, that's kind of more the area of adult I come from as opposed to the video side, which I really had to learn a lot about. Oh, I'm sure. Especially like you talk about photography, you lead me to a lot of questions with that. When you got into photography, were the DSLRs uh, first coming out or were you still film? Yeah, but God, this, I'm really dating myself here. <laughs> so the first adult shoot I did, it was with slides, right? So I was shooting film. Wow. Yeah, shooting it on slides. And then like, you know, the slides were considered better for then capturing the images and so if you were going to publish them so i was just kind of following the approach of the uh the old school industry photographers that came before me so um i did a little of that the digital cameras at that time were just starting to come on maybe a few years later and they were really bad like the they were grainy and they just weren't so good so it wasn't until quite a bit later that all of a sudden it was like hey these digital cameras are way better than film and um i should just be doing this you know from now on so now i have a Canon 5D Mark IV that I shoot, so um, I just use that. I'm not not doing a ton of photography. Why not? Keeps me really busy, but it's more of an outlet, something that I do because it's fun to create something like with with images. So it's more of a creative outlet for me now. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we'll talk about how busy Why Not is for sure. Yeah, I remember someone that I know got a five megapixel DSLR camera pretty quickly after they first came out and it was $1,500 and it took 
everything to get a good picture out of that camera. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were they were a little expensive. I think the first I'm trying to remember the model number, but I had the Sony digital camera once that I would take out to industry trade shows and conventions just to get shots at, at the show. And it had a little mini CD-ROM that you would actually like insert into the back. So I have like a CD-ROM drive. So you'd put this little CD-ROM in there and slap the back panel shut. And then you could take like a ton of pictures and it would burn them straight to this little mini uh, mini CD. Oh, that's badass. I still have it somewhere, actually. It's around <laughs> here somewhere. That was the first time I was starting to get good pictures, but it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a full featured camera like, say, today's um, digital SLRs. So it was, um, yeah, it, it, it was great for what I was using it for. Like, you're, hey, I'm at a show and I want to grab a bunch of pictures. And we didn't really have cameras on our cell phones at that time um, for digital pictures. So um, that was probably the first time I was starting to go, hey, this is getting good. I, I think I could see the digital potential here. When it comes to magazines, are there any that are burned into your brain as like, man, that issue, that uh, pictorial, that centerfold, that really stands out to you? And do you think adult magazines still have a place, physical magazines? Yeah, so there's two of them that come to mind. Um, there was a there was a Playboy centerfold, uh, Julie McAuliffe, I think her name was, and she was on – she ended up on a TV show with – What's that guy, that religious actor, Cameron something Cameron? I forget oh, the name yes. of the show. Kirk Cameron. Kirk Cameron, yeah. So whatever his show was, it was one of those like family values type shows. And she ended up getting a job as his um, his girlfriend on the show or something. And then like they later found out she got like kicked off the show or something. Oh, no, Playboy Centerfold. <laughs> anyway, yeah, she had a pictorial, her first pictorial in um, – in Playboy, and there's there's an image of her kind of like in a white terry cloth robe, I think it was, and she's kind of it's kind of all open, and she's cold. There's like a newspaper. Anyway, the whole scene was like great. That one's definitely burned in my memory. The other was, <laughs> I think I may have mentioned this one on our podcast. The other was uh, the penthouse issue with Madonna, right? Oh, so I was I was really young when this came out, and um, was a big Madonna fan, and I wanted to see that issue. And, um, somehow, I don't know why I got it in my, my courage. I started just like harassing my mother. Like, come on, I, I gotta see this. I had like, saw no other way to get it. Right. I was like, I gotta talk her into this. And they were like black and white pictures and they were kind of arty and they really weren't very salacious. And so, uh, she was hanging out with one of her friends and her friend was like, well, let's look at it. And they looked at the Madonna pictures like, these aren't so bad. Just let him get it. Right. Let him get it. So they gave me the issue, but they didn't bother to look at the rest of the magazine. <laughs> there was a... <laughs> <laughs> in that same issue, there was an Earl Miller pictorial with two um, two beautiful ladies, right? And um, I just – my young brain just like – it was too much, man. It was like, oh my god, this is great. So I have that pictorial burned into my, uh, my brain before and I've even uh, staged a few of those uh, poses a few times just trying to, uh, to recreate that. Oh, very nice. Now <laughs> – I'm someone that when it comes to photography, if it's full nude and done right, I really like it. But I typically like the more implied nudity, you know, almost like the Austin Powers scene where everything kind of blocks the naughty parts when they're walking around. Right. Uh, are you a fan of that? And do you think because you are a man who really has his finger on the pulse of what is going on on social media and within adult. Do you think performers maybe give a little bit too much away when it comes to their social media? 
You know, I saw at our Hollywood show, we had a panel where models were discussing this and there were several that were advocating that position. Hey, don't give too much away, Um, which is where I fall in in this. I will just say so I'm not I'm ducking the question. That's really where I fall into. I'm actually a really big fan of like costumes and outfits and like usually utilizing that, um, you know, full nude definitely has its place, but I like that magazine pictures just to build up to that. Right. Um, and so if it were, if it were me and I was on social media, I would want to create a bit of mystique. I just know that for men who are consuming this, if they don't, if they're not getting the goods, it keeps them interested and meets them wanting more. So, um, that's what I think. I did hear several models, however, voice a counter opinion, um, which I think is also valid. It's just one of those things that you have to um, consider. And that's that they they were like, look, if I'm not doing that, if I'm not giving people what they want on social media, they're just going to look elsewhere. So they felt like they kind of had to because their competitors were doing it. And if they didn't like, you know, give the goods and grab the attention, they would lose. So I guess it really comes down to. Do models think that their fans on social media will lose interest, right, if they're not getting something a little bit more salacious right out of the gate? Um, I would argue, I, me personally, I just feel like I've seen a lot of people have great success with sort of teasing and being a little bit more um, slow in what they um, what they show, I guess you could say, because you maybe you don't attract – the same volume, the same raw volume of people who are consuming the images you're putting out there. But the ones that you are attracting are really interested in you. You're teasing them along slowly and the chances of them converting into paying customers, I think, right? It's just a theory. We don't have any scientific um, proof of this, but I think it's a little bit better. You're attracting, it's almost better to attract a smaller number of people who are highly engaged and will pay for what you're offering than a very large number of people who are just going to consume whatever you offer for free and then move on. Yeah. Yeah. I, that is the lane that I take for sure, because I've watched so many people in adult that they put out their pictures daily. So they're definitely engaging with their fans, but they're very, they're sexy, but they're simple. Mm -hmm. And I'm not looking at, their cervix every time you know if you want to throw that picture out every once in a while that's great but yeah i think paying customers are going to pay for you as a complete package and and kind of teasing it in the beginning definitely uh i think will help your business in the long run but yeah yeah i'll I'll actually name drop one model um who when we were first building our model events who caught my attention, uh, Kat Jira. So C A T G G I R A. Um, and she was doing cosplay stuff that man, I don't think I've seen, I'm trying to think, I don't think I've seen it's equal in our industry yet. Like she just was putting so much time and effort into her costumes, the aesthetics, and she was shooting it like primarily herself, right? You know, the, the editing, everything she was putting into her work was just top notch. And yeah, she was, yeah, she was showing full nudity, but it was, there was so much in the scene. There was so much to see. It was so fascinating how, what a great job she was doing with her content and just, man, the amount of money she must've spent on her costumes, right? Just one costume and there's a few shots and then you're on to another costume. But her fan engagement was off the charts and she made a lot of money in the industry. And, uh, it's just, that's, 
I kind of look at that and I think, wow, it's if you can put a, a little bit of effort into the the shots and the aesthetics and the costumes and think of it along that and create something that's unique for yourself that helps you stand out like that. Um, it's well worth it. I get that it's also expensive and not <laughs> not easy for everybody to do. And she had some really good photography and editing skills that also, um, you know, also helped. Yeah. And along that line, because we are on camera with each other, as I ask you questions, I'm going to slowly undress instead of being naked from the beginning. I want to mm -hmm. tease this a little bit. Is that OK? Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, okay, it's good. way better than just jumping straight into it. You know, can't go straight full Monty. You know? <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> now, you, your partner, Jacob Pita, and the whole Why Not team has continually raised the bar on what the company does and how it's presented. It truly seems like you care about the longevity, sustainability, and optics of the adult community, which can be difficult at times. How do you maintain your focus when there is always something or someone trying to make your job difficult. Ha, that's, that's very, very true. And thank you for what you said. Actually, we're very proud of those things. And, and it's very nice to hear, um, hear you, um, articulate those. So thank you. Um, how do we keep our focus? Well, you know, we're, we're a small and dedicated team. So we're, um, we, we, we have no choice, but to stay focused, I guess, or nothing would get done. Um, so um, I think what we do is we have a company philosophy. There are things that we believe in. There are things that we want to do. And I try very hard not to look at what anybody else is doing and just sort of like zero in on my own goals. So I, I'm sort of the idea creator of the company. So the way I, I the way I, I like to refer to it is to me it's the bonsai tree thing. So like from Karate Kid, right? It's like he teaches them this whole lesson on how to trim a bonsai tree, and he tells them to close his eyes and imagine the perfect tree, and then open his eyes and okay, now make it like the picture in your head. So it was like a metaphor for the creative process. Um, so we always start everything we do or I do with a lot of that, and then we just kick it around and refine it at that point. So before we do anything, we've got a good picture in our head of where we want to go and what we want to do. And that really helps, I, I guess, stay focused on, on what we're doing. Occasionally you get new information and you have to change course and go back to the, the drawing board, but I'm a big believer in visualization, right? And then after visualization, like this brainstorming process to flesh out all the details and kind of put it in, in place. Okay. This is what we need to do to get from A to B. There's always something new coming out in adult. How do you know what to follow, what to go for, yeah, how do you use your mind's eye to go, ah, that's something that's not going to last. That's not something that's going to be long-term in a way of success for adult or, ah, you know what, that's not a bad idea. I think we can develop our own version of this and make it better. Where do you kind of draw the lines of what you think is going to work, what to follow and what not to? Well, let me let me explain the process for uh, why not Cam Awards and why not Community, which I think will answer that question. So when I got started, like I said, I was a webmaster. I was a web web developer. There was a lot of us. There were affiliates that would just like find ways to create traffic and send traffic to websites, and they made money. And that was the whole world. And when we had trade shows, they were designed around those people. So you would have companies who were exhibiting to affiliates and trying to get them to help promote their products and send traffic, and that was the whole game. Somewhere along the lines, though, um, well, 
the big killer was was MindGeek, right? Like, you know, um, not to pick on them, but they wrecked. They were a wrecking ball to this industry, just a wrecking ball. So once they caught on, it was right around the time of the 2008 financial crash. And all these old businesses that relied on affiliates, they were running affiliate programs for pay sites, you know, sites you'd join for 40 bucks a month and it would just recur. People would join them to get video. And now uh, MindGeek showed up under the name Manwin back then. And Pornhub and all these sites just started destroying these programs one by one. Okay, so new technology comes along. You have to keep your eye on it. That will kill old technology. So that's part of the equation. Like what's going on right now? If I was looking at the industry right now, uh, one of the things I would look at is how is AI going to influence the industry? And by that, I don't mean run out and start an AI company. I mean, you're welcome to if you want to. But just start thinking about this stuff is going to be very transformative. It's like it might not have an impact this year or next year or even three years from now or four years from now. Hollywood is just now seeing their whole business model upended because of streaming, right? So it was the internet took until now to really put Hollywood in this position of, man, our whole business model is changing. So AI might take a while, but it's really profound what it can do. So you're going to want to look at new technologies that are kind of catching on and ask yourself, how can that impact what we're doing right now. So back to the whole affiliates thing, I was before Why Not Cam Awards, Why Not Community, I was sitting around watching cam networks thrive and thinking, okay, these guys are, despite the fact that all these other guys are failing, the cam networks are doing all right. And I would ask myself why. Well, they were doing okay because their models were interacting with the fans, which that interaction is a non-piratable experience. So the new technology that was disrupting pay sites and video for pay was not disrupting like interaction. If you want to interact with this model, you want her or his attention, you need to come to the site, you need to pay for it, right? It was still driving traffic. So then I started thinking about the, the models and I was like, man, you know, they are really serving multiple uh, roles here. They are not just models who are in front of the camera, but a lot of them are actually creating their own content. So they're the content creators as well. Then they are driving traffic to their shows. Uh, they are on Twitter, social media, et cetera, um, very carefully Instagram and TikTok. They are driving traffic to their own shows, which is driving traffic to these platforms, which is the role of what affiliates did, okay? So, wow, that's multiple roles all up in one which is a lot for, for models to handle, by the way. So they deserve a tremendous amount of respect and appreciation for what they do. When I was thinking along those lines, it was like, you know what? Shows should really be, there should be a show that's just for models, right? That's something that is for models to network with each other, to learn some new skills, to trade secrets and ideas with each other, uh, to meet with companies, studio heads, et cetera, get to know them. Similar to what we did for affiliates back in the day, but for models instead. And that's how uh, Why Not Community was formed. And of course, Cam Awards was because we were looking at AVN and watching, okay, here's there's a need for this, but it's not served. That's the key. Find a need that is not being served. Cam models, because OnlyFans wasn't really a thing just yet then, but cam models were kind of getting thrown to the back of the line, right, with AVN Awards. And it makes sense. AVN's they're a porn star company, like that's who they focus on. Their award show is known as a porn star award show. So they focus on the video stars and talent 
That's what they're going to do. If you are a cam model, you're going to be put in the back of the line. You're probably not going to get the attention you deserve. So we were looking at that and going, man, there, here is this whole new technology that's coming up with all kinds of people who have very different personalities, by the way, than porn stars. So if you talk with a lot of porn stars and you see how they are, there's there's kind of a culture there. There's sort of a, uh, um, a community there. Cam models are very different. They don't like there are things that porn stars will just shrug off that cam models will get furious about. Right. If you're if you're acting that way towards them, photographers have a hard time. Photographers who are used to going to ABN and XBiz and they they can interact a certain way with the porn stars. They try to do that behavior with cam models and it leads to really bad things. So this is a long way of me saying we look at, OK, where is there a need is there a financial um, opportunity there? Because I can come up with really cool ideas on something that I love that nobody would sign up for. So you have to you have to look for areas where there is also financial opportunity and invest there. And that's what we've done. We've always said, okay, where's where's the need? Does it make sense financially? Okay, that's what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to create that. Yeah, and when it comes to that, being involved in so many projects like the Why Not Cam Awards, Why Not Community, Why Not Summit, Why Not Europe, how do you decide just on a purely responsible business level how far you go in developing and what's worth chasing? And how do you keep from spreading yourself too thin trying to fill these needs that the industry kind of needs? Well, we do spread ourselves too thin, um, <laughs> unfortunately, which is just, uh, to be honest, it's like it's uh, kind of a necessity. Like, I think most people in this industry have to do that. It's just a very common tale because there's so much to do. We used to be able to focus our marketing, for example, in a couple of areas. And now it's everybody's so spread out between like Facebook and Twitter and um, not on social media at all and events and YouTube channels. And like you sort of have to have a presence in a lot of places. And I'm reminded of that Bilbo Baggins uh, comment where he felt like butter stretched over too much bread, you know, like you stretched in. So that that is an issue. So what we have to do then is there's going to be some things that we can't pursue on the level that we want to pursue them. So we'll focus in on where we're getting the most traction. So like, okay, who is uh, where where are we seeing a lot of um, growth potential? Um, and then maybe we don't focus quite as much as we'd like on some of the others that aren't like aren't yet ready for prime time or aren't picking up as much steam. So so we'll pay attention to that. Like we put a lot of effort into why not mail our email marketing platform. Um, that's very well received and very and, and widely used. Uh, so it's it's definitely an area that gets a lot of our attention. Um, we have dedicated staff for that. Um, then we put a lot of effort into our events. Uh, why not Cam Awards has been a great success. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a big proud daddy on that show. You know, it was my baby and, uh, I, I turned it from, I guess, something that, that was just an idea in my head to the next thing, you know, we, we brought it to the team and we all kind of tackled it and, and out came the one at Cam Awards. And when we see that room filled with everybody and everyone has such a good time and you see, models, whether or not they win or not, just really having a great time and gushing about the show. And it's a, this opportunity for everybody to really stop and remember that they're a part of something. They're a part of a larger community. And what they do is worthy of attention, um, respect, right? Appreciation. They work very hard and somebody's finally acknowledging that. All these things are why 
that show does so well. And so we focus a lot of time and energy on Why Not Cam Awards and trying to build up Why Not Community, which has been, um, again, everybody who's attended it um, has a great time. And now it's just a matter of really trying to get the word out because we are the first to ever do a model B2B show, I might add. I can't think, well, I say we're the first. I as far as I know, right? So like there are shows like XBiz Miami who do like a hybrid um, business model show. And, and so they have some content for models and some that's that's not. Um, but in terms of a B2B show that was just on hyper-focused on the models, um, we're, I think, the only ones doing it. And so it's that's been really gratifying to see people start to understand what the value is there and the show slowly growing, you know, with, with each iteration. And so therefore we'll be putting more of our time and attention obviously into, into that show. But yeah, some ideas, unfortunately, some good ideas will have to fall through the cracks, you know, from time to time. Yeah. Mm, don't worry. Dick will be coming back. Hello, this is Kenna James, and when I'm not Netflixing and chilling at home, I'm on Dangling After Dark. Mm, he's recovered and ready to go again. Welcome back to the Pervert Nation. Here he is, Dick Dangle. I don't want to say I'm surprised, but I kind of am when you say that the email service is so successful, because I'm sure there are listeners that are thinking it's 2023. You don't really need that style of service. There's other ways to manage that. How do you feel or why do you feel that this has been so successful for you? Well, first of all, email yeah, I know I'm biased, uh, so I'll just pre preface that with everything I'm going to say, but this is all 100% true. So email marketing for us we get amazing results from it. So if we're anytime we're about to push an event or an appearance somewhere, or um, we're doing a webinar or anything like that, um, email marketing is probably amongst our top, if not the top sometimes way of reaching people. So here's what I would say. Imagine a models on Twitter, working fans, um, uh, slowly to drive into their camp show and they're not collecting email addresses and they're doing this over the course of five years. And then one day Twitter up and says, Oh, you did something we don't like, or we changed the roles or whatever. You're gone. Boom. You lose your account. You got to start all over again. Now imagine that same model had been collecting email addresses, right? All that time. And the same thing happens and they lose their, their, um, their Twitter account. Now they have a means to reach everybody who gave them an email address, right? And continue to do business, remind them that they're there. Even if they don't lose their Twitter account, now you have a giant email list where all these people may, some people may not be on Twitter at the moment or, and you want to reach out and say, Hey, guess what? I have new content available for you. Um, you can download from my OnlyFans page, you know, head in there. Hey, I'm doing a cam show at 10 o'clock tonight, you know, be there, et cetera. The fact that you can reach out via email and tap somebody on the shoulder and say, Hey, 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 remember me. That's something you can't so easily do anywhere else. So you can do social media, of course, and you are subject to the 
whims of the algorithms, right? As to like how high you're going to get ranked and whether your 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 content seen really by very many people. Not only that, like, is everybody even on social media that day to see your message? Right. Emails, just one of those things. The challenge with emails getting in the inbox and not the spam box. But the better you can do that, and you can get into the inbox, you have now ability to reach out to people whenever you need to. That is insanely valuable. Now with email. Most of the platforms, we have a lot of people that are still using like MailChimp or Constant Contact or something like that. Read the terms, people. Read the terms. All of these mainstream platforms hate you. They don't want your adult like trap. They just hate you. It's all in there. So people get booted from um, MailChimp and all these places um, all the time and then end up looking for an adult-friendly platform. We are adult friendly. Uh, if you are violating unknowingly, like through good intentions, you're making mistakes, we'll reach out to you. We won't just like kill your account one day and freeze access, right? It would take something egregious for us to do that. And we're always accessible. You can reach us. You can talk to us. Uh, you can do all these things. We've actually been investing more into Mail. We created a little system whereby if somebody doesn't have a web page now, like a model maybe doesn't have their own website, they don't know how to collect email addresses, they can create a free model profile using whynotid.com, publish the model profile, and then link it to their Why Not Mail account. And that will cause a little email collection form to just show up now on their on their free model profile. So they could just say, hey, go over here to sign up for my newsletter, fire them off to their little profile page, which is like now they can collect email addresses. It's like an additional link list, link tree. Um, they can put some profile uh, photos up. Um, we, we're safe for work only, but some shots and images. And, you know, they can either be sending people off to their sites or they can collect email addresses to use in their Why Not Mail account. So we're really working hard to make it easier for models to use. Companies that are used to email marketing, they get it. And yeah, it's it's nice to have a service that's friendly to you and it isn't hating you because of the industry that you're in where you feel like you have to tiptoe around and, and the second they catch you, which by the way, AI is going to do here soon, right? AI, this is one of the things AI is going to do. Sneaking around is going to get harder and harder and harder when you're violating the terms of a platform. All the more reason why you need adult-friendly companies. When it comes to that, a uh, little side question, there's a lot of talk lately about TikTok and how uh, many states don't allow TikTok on their government employees phones and this may lead to um the pro what would probably be the first nationwide ban of something uh you know of that sort and there's of course pushback from it because people are getting very popular from it and they're being seen and they're able to make money because of that visibility where do you fall on it now i know it's probably a little bit more slated in one direction because of what they do to adult performers. But do you see a value in it if people, I don't want to say use it correctly, but, you know, use it within reason? Or is it just as soon as like with AI, as soon as they find out that you're an adult, you're gone? Yeah, you can definitely use TikTok to to your advantage. Um, So I'm a big believer that, look, if there's traffic, if there's people to be had and you can utilize a platform, a social media platform, do it, right? Like find ways to get access to all those eyeballs. At the end of the day, you're trying to to, to make money. It's definitely worthwhile. But yes, you have to tiptoe around with TikTok quite a bit. Um, like your content might not even have any real nudity. It might not even be that salacious, but like if it has just the wrong 
text or just the wrong, you know, um, presentation for TikTok, anything that they see as sexual solicitation, for example, they're just going to kill your, your, your account. Now I've seen, um, one, uh, one industry talent that I know had great luck with TikTok was Cody Vore. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Cody Vore, but I would recommend people go check out her TikTok channel. She's just really funny, right? She's one of those uh, performers who just has such a natural gift for comedy. And TikTok's ideal for that, right? So if you're a funny person and you can do little things that make people laugh, um, you're not even necessarily having to lean in on on hotness or, or sexuality. You can actually lean in on your personality side on TikTok. And then you got to kind of hope that people can find you, right? Because if they see you, if they see you pushing stuff directly to an adult site or something like that, then you're going to be um, you're going to be out of luck. But, you know, if people see your name over and over and over again. You know, it's the there's like I forget the name of it. There's like this rule of marketing, the seven rule of marketing, where it, you have to see something multiple times. You can see it by the seventh time, then all of a sudden, okay, now it's in my brain, right? So if if TikTok is one of the places people are coming across your content, then they see you on Twitter. Oh, okay, I'm 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 seeing this person around. I this person's somebody interesting. Some of them will search. Uh, for you. They'll just see your TikTok. Oh, Cody Vore, that's a very unique name. They type it in, right? And then boom, up comes like your um, your video libraries or your OnlyFans page, et cetera, or your Twitter account, which leads to those things. So I, yeah, I'm a, I say use it for as long as you can use it to drive traffic uh, and just be prepared though, that the day may come where that's just, it's just not viable. Right. Um, if there's any st- steady thing in adult, it's that nothing is constant. It's always changing and you always have to look for ways to move and adapt. And if you're locked in on, no, I don't want anything to change. I just want these things I know work to continue to work. And you're not looking for the next thing. You're going to be in trouble eventually. So yeah, utilize what you can now utilize TikTok best you can and be ready for the day when you can't use it anymore. Yeah, exactly. A name that I would actually put into that list is Abigail Mack. And for the same reason, she does a lot of the lip syncing videos and she just puts out fun, silly personality based things. And she just does a killing of it. And I love watching that. I really like when performers really put out that style of of presentation when it comes to them. It's It's easy to be sexy and sexual but when you really kind of get to know the person behind that i think it makes it so much better and i and i think that's what retains customers and fans as well yeah that's how you get the super fans right Right. Uh, the ones that are just really attracted to your personality and just want to get to know you and kind of um get really absorbed with what you got going on those are the ones that are going to keep coming back and keep like you know, anning up, so to speak, right? And provide you with a little bit of a baseline so that you don't have to find new people every single month, right? So that's, I agree. That's what I'm banking on. It's just personality because these looks aren't getting me anywhere. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, when it comes to... Well, you're now down to like your underwear. I'm like, I didn't know you had three nipples. That was like, that was really surprising to me. I had no idea. <laughs> I birth actually... effect or was it? <laughs> it's a, I actually have uh, no nipples. They're all uh, birthmarks. Uh <laughs> now filling the need as i talked about and i teased it in your opening i saw a news article on whynot.com and if i may read from it 
from Austin, Texas. Why Not Group has announced the launch of the company's own Mastodon server at whynotnetwork.com, a move made to, quote, ensure the availability and reliability of an adult-friendly social media platform for use by the industry, end quote, according to Why Not CEO and co-owner Connor Young. So this seems, to me, unbelievably ambitious. Can you walk the listeners through the concept to this becoming a reality? Sure. Yeah. So obviously the concern is Twitter, right? So ever since, you know, even before Musk, to be honest, right, you're looking at Twitter and they're like last man standing social media, allowing like our industry. Um, and I think Jack was sort of like the protector there, right? At Twitter, he seemed to have some very strong ideas that he was just like going to stick to. And so even before that, there was concern that their policies could start to change. And we were seeing more and more people shadow banned and other signs that like maybe they were cracking down on some types of the behaviors that they didn't bother before. Musk took over was a giant wild card. All of a sudden you're like looking at this um, this guy who's very um, kind of unpredictable, seems to me at least to be like a massive ego. And uh, and so what is he going to do with Twitter? I don't know. Um the initial returns weren't good in terms of like the site technically started to fail. You know, all those employees were 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 let go and the site was struggling at times. We were seeing weird days where stuff was just breaking. There was a lot of apocalyptic talk about Twitter. Uh, Musk himself came in championing supposedly free speech and then proved that it was all a lie. He has like no interest in free speech except for his own. Uh, there's plenty of examples of that, of him doing that. It should be no surprise. Uh, so we can't rely on any like, oh, well, he's, you know, a big believer in free speech, so he'll never go after adult. I don't think that's necessarily true. We also don't have any signs that he will go after adult. I just want to um, also say that side of it. So it's just like, it's just such an unknown. And so many performers and talent really Twitter is their lifeblood. It's where they have so much of their um, of their followers like engaged with them and seeing what's going on and sending them to cam shows and OnlyFans, etc. It's a really important platform for that reason. If Twitter suddenly kicked all adult off and we were in trouble or the platform fell apart, uh, that's not a good thing no matter how you look at it. But what we wanted to do was to have a backup in place, right, if that happens so that there is a place for everybody to go. Um, Mastodon is a competitor of Twitter's, I guess, uh, but it's got some key differences. So we didn't create this software. This is not our system. This is an existing system. And a lot of people, when they were worried about Musk, were going over to Mastodon. And when we looked into Mastodon uh, for ourselves, we found that it was a decentralized system, unlike Twitter. So with Twitter, what that means is you sign up at Twitter.com for your account. There's a company behind Twitter. They make policies. They make decisions you have to live by. So if they change the, the terms on what's allowed adult-wise, they can do that, and, and just nothing you can do about it. Mastodon, though, is like because it's decentralized, different people can run Mastodon servers. Okay, This complicates it a little over Twitter in this sense. When you sign up for a Mastodon account, you just don't go to Mastodon and sign up there. You have to pick a server where you want to sign up. Okay. Okay. So it's a little bit like if, if, if there's any gaming fans, like online gaming fans, you might pick a server where you're um, where you're gaming from. It's a little like that. You're so you're picking a server where you're where you're where you're going to create your account. 
These servers can all see each other, though. So if you're on server A and somebody else is on server B, you guys can communicate across servers. But your handle is going to show which server you're on, and so it's going to be a little like different server name for, for their handle, similar to their at Twitter handle. So Mastodon has at your handle name, at your server name. So if I want to reach that guy in server B and he's not on my server A, I have to know the second at <laughs> right for their server. And that's where all the confusion comes in with Mastodon. Now, the reason why it's a positive, though, is if I'm running a Mastodon server, I get to make the rules on terms of the content that's allowed on that server. Another server can choose to block me if they're so inclined and say, OK, anybody on my server can't see this server, but they can't block whatever's happening on my server. And that most servers aren't, aren't going to really block you unless they're run by a bunch of people that you probably don't want to be on their server anyway. Um, so. With us having this server, once again, we set the rules in terms of moderation, and we can also work with people. So if anybody violates any of the rules, instead of just suddenly waking up one day and your whole account shut down, you once again have an, a friendly adult presence who can say, look, this is why, or you, we have ran into this problem, that problem. Um, now you've got somebody you can talk to, and it's not just like, yeah, try getting through to Twitter, right? right. Good luck. So I guess the trick with Mastodon is – it's going to come down to how people feel about those more complicated usernames, I believe, and understanding the server system, because that's really the big difference. After that, there's little, small, annoying differences where it feels very much like Twitter, but there's like a Twitter-esque thing you want that's not quite showing in the same way as Twitter. So it's a little disorienting in that regard, but it's it's close. And I'm sure the platform is going to continue to change and, and, um, and, and move in those directions as well as we go. So right now, it's not like, it's not a, a project that we're putting giant hopes in in terms of like it's not gonna be a revenue thing for us it's more something we're doing i mean we can't even run ads on it right it's not even our our um our platform it's something we're more doing to make sure the adult industry has a friendly presence on what's kind of you know the number one alternative to twitter right now in case it's needed we fully expect people to keep staying on twitter and working twitter as we will as well right until the day comes that they can't However, we invite people to go to why not network, whynotnetwork.com and create uh, an account on our Mastodon server. And you can interact there as well with only industry people on our server, or you can reach out to people on other Mastodon servers as well. And that was actually one question that I had. Is this more of just an industry connectivity, kind of a business to business platform, or will this open to fans or, you know, will, is it already open to fans to see who's on? Yeah, I said business people, but yeah, that's thank you for the correction. It is open to all fans as well. I mean, the idea is we don't just want business people talking business. We also want fans to be able to show up and interact with performers who are on the server as well, so they can they can send them to their um, cam sites, their their fan platforms, etc. So yeah, it's definitely open to both industry and fans. Um, it's it's as long as they obey the rules, right? Our rules are pretty simple. You'll see them when you when you create your account. Uh, nothing that should uh, upset anybody. It should be very non controversial stuff, and um, you know, basically don't do anything illegal. But uh, other than that, you know, um, yeah, it's a pretty open uh, platform. Was it difficult to set up a quote unquote code of conduct for the site? Because 
it seems like everything is so open to interpretation when it comes to other social media platforms that someone may say, oh, I think you went against the terms of service. They clearly didn't because it's that one person that goes, yeah, I think you did and really screws it up for the rest. How do you handle the kind of code of conduct for your site? Well, I mean, we, we obviously are concerned with we don't want anyone doing anything illegal on the on the site, right? Um, posting things they shouldn't be posting that can get them or us into trouble. So all of our moderation is around that is making sure that people are using it for um, for legal and uh, healthy, normal adult related activities, I guess you could say. Um, so that's that's number one. So we focused in on those areas from our kind of extensive knowledge of in the industry as to what we'd have to um, what we'd have to guard against and make sure is not going on. Um, again, this is non-controversial stuff. If anybody has a problem with any of this stuff, then they're definitely not somebody we would want on uh, on the server like 100%. Um, so we kind of went around that way. Um, we've run into a few little weird moderation quirks where because somebody from another server can send a complaint about someone from our server. And um, some of these some, some of these old school Mastodon guys are just not happy that it's like becoming a little more mainstream. Like they used to be their little private little hangout and talk. Uh, okay. And all of a sudden there's all these newcomers who are behaving more like Twitter users. And, uh, you know, you know, how those old people are when they were like, hey, this is my club and new people right. should. So we've had a few people try to gripe from other servers about content, but it was like it was it was the dumbest gripes ever. It's just like denied. We can just deny the, you know, nope, this is fine, you know. And I'm sure there are going to be some edge or gray area cases that are going to pop up from time to time that might cause us to have to um, update or reevaluate some of the rules to make sure that we're addressing it properly. But so far, um, yeah, so far it's been great. I can't imagine the learning curve that has gone into and will continue to go into this because I am technologically inept. So the thought that there are people like yourself that have a mind for it, if I were involved in this, I'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Just make it happen. (laughs) How long was the development from the idea to the launch and what kind of time is put in post that is that like a daily eight hour job kind of thing for for the for our mastodon server specifically yeah no that was actually pretty relatively simple i mean there for anyone who's got tech skills we have a we're lucky to have a very how do you call it a qualified and amazing it team and developers that we work with that we've worked with for a long time and so for something like this you know, there's lots of documentation on what needs to be done technically to set the server up. And so I definitely I understand concepts. I wouldn't be the person to go out and actually like, you know, uh, code the server and, and and get all that stuff going. Um, I would not want to do it. I probably could, but it would take me way longer than uh, than it takes them. Um, really, we had like from the time I threw that to them and said, hey, can you set up this this server for us uh, to the time we had it kind of up? Um, that was just a few days and then we had to spend some time after that like uh configuring the the rules and kind of customizing the server and um and trying to make sure that it looked good and getting everything in place for for how to use it properly it really was not that long the biggest issue with setting one up also other than the technical hurdles uh Obviously, there's a lot of storage issues that were potential there in terms of how much media gets stored and where it's going to be held. And there's costs and it's not, you know, it can get expensive to set up a server that's, um, you know, fast enough to handle the site and then has enough storage to handle uh, all the media and things like that. So that's that's probably the biggest the biggest challenge right there. Wow. 
I am thrilled in the short time that I've known uh, you gentlemen and the business to see what it's grown into, what it's developing. I, I love the fact that you are so industry centric in the way that you look at things. And I appreciate that as a fan, let alone as a podcaster. What is Why Not's mission moving forward? What else do you see yourselves getting into? What are your hopes for the business? And if there's anything you want to tease, throw it out there. Yeah, we're, uh, you know, it's, I really want to answer these questions with detail, but unfortunately I can't because we do, I'll say this, we do have several top secret initiatives that we are, uh, that we are working on. Um, you know, that I'm, it's, some of them are a, a little bit longer term and some of them are closer to, uh, fruition. Um, but there are areas that we are, that we're going to, um, to go into, you know, here in the future that we hope everybody will be really excited about. And it's generally from same thing. We look at where are there opportunities? Uh, where's where's something not being served? You know, as there are community of people that need a service that we can we can help supply for them, and that's kind of what we're looking at as we look um, into the future. Uh, is is kind of the the best way to put it. In the meantime, um, like I said, we're really high on why not mail. We're really high on uh, why not cam awards. We're really high on why not community. Why not awards in Prague? There are certain things that we're just going to keep evolving as we go forward. Um, we're having a great time uh, attending Exotica events, which for us is really a give back thing. Like we don't we don't really sell anything to fans directly. So um, exhibiting at Exotica in order to exhibit to fans is not our reason for being there. Uh, we are there because we want to provide the uh, performers of our industry with some space to, you know, to, to get in there and, and, and reach out to, to fans. Uh, so it's kind of a give back initiative for us. And it's a lot of fun to go to these shows. So we're going to keep doing that as well. And just being a part of the industry. Um, but yeah, I, I wish I didn't have to duck that, but I have to duck giving you the specifics because we unfortunately have some very aggressive uh, competitors, uh, one in particular. And, uh, and, and I, I just can't, uh, I can't risk, unfortunately, certain things getting back to them. No, I got you. you can't divulge any information. You can either confirm nor deny. That's right. I mean, we have one competitor in particular who has a long history of just ripping off our stuff. And so it's just like like a long history. And so, uh, yeah, it's just made us a little gun shy about how much we talk about about future projects. Gotcha. So let's make something up. Um, I heard that uh, you're getting back into CD-ROM. I think that's very bold of you. <laughs> yeah, that's where we're going. CD-ROM. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you asked, I didn't answer your question earlier. You asked if I thought there was a place for physical magazines. Um, and I didn't, I would, there was a long answer and I didn't actually say it. Um, but you know, I wish I could say yes, but I think if there is, it's a very small niche, right? We have a physical magazine. Why not magazine that we will, um, distribute at, at shows and events. And it's, there's like digital version of it. Um, I think there are definitely some, older fans and collectors that would like the idea of the physical media. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't really see, unfortunately, uh, much of a place for like, um, for physical magazines going forward. I think everything's just digital. And as the younger generations, the zoomers and the younger millennials are just getting older. Uh, I just don't see them having the same nostalgia for, um, for hard media that like maybe some of like I'm a Gen X or somebody like me, like might really be more, more nostalgic about. Yeah. No, I feel that it hurts, but I feel that completely. I know. Now, my last kind of industry question 
you've had the opportunity to meet a lot of amazing performers in the times that you've done exoticas and you know the award shows and things like that without taking anybody really off the list of the people that you like who are a few of the standouts just some of the quality performers that you have met in this industry Oh man. Um, like if I'm going old school, like when I was really like starry eyed, like uh, coming in, like I remember, um, meeting Tara Patrick one year and just like, um, it was funny. I didn't, again, I didn't know a lot of the video people I was learning and I knew Tara Patrick was a big star. I knew she was very pretty, but when I met her in person, uh, what struck me was just how much charisma she had. And it was like, okay, so you're like, some people have that star power, you know what I mean? And others, they look really great, but they don't necessarily have the same kind of star power. She had it. It was like the second I met her, it was like, um, oh, okay, I get it. I get why she sort of elevated above everybody else. Um, she just had like that um, that that kind of charisma that was very compelling. Um, so I was, I was really happy to meet her. Um, another person I loved meeting was uh, Nina Hartley, um, who was – for those who don't know Nina Hartley, um, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, um, she's actually in the movie Boogie Nights. She's like the wife of um, William H. Macy, who's always having sex and like and embarrassing him with other other men. And then he eventually like freaks out and like um, shoots her and shoots himself in the movie and, and goes crazy. Oh, I just gave it away. Sorry. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler to a 30 year old uh, movie. <laughs> yeah. Nina played that role and she's a longtime industry um, a star and uh, a really fun and genuine, nice person. Um, I, I liked a lot of the old, uh, old school talent that I met because they were just such a different uh, type of person. They were just so, um, they were so hardened by what they did like everything was rebellious what they were doing it was like some of them were just playing outlaws at the start of this stuff um so it was cool meeting them i met bill margold before he passed away which uh burt reynolds character in boogie nights was like loosely based on him and some of his behaviors um back in the day he was an interesting person to meet had dinner with him and and had a wonderful conversation he told me all kinds of secrets and stories about performers from the industry and and all that kind of good stuff larry flint of course was very interesting to meet that was a surreal experience, I guess, um, as somebody who grew up, um, you know, on his uh, magazines and um, and his mystique. Uh, that was really cool to meet him. Um, modern performers. I, I mentioned Kat Jira because I'm just so impressed with her uh, her content. So um, I was really uh, thrilled to meet her the first time I did. There's just I don't even know where to go when I start getting into modern cam and, and clips performers. There's just a ton of people I could I could start mentioning. I, I'll give a shout out to my uh, to my wonderful girlfriend Freya Wild. I'm I'm very glad I met her. Easy. She, uh, Easy. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> what what's her at at Frey wild yeah. oh there you go yeah. cool cool so we are firmly planted in 2023 what is on the calendar for why not so we are you know i think as we're recording this i will just say like we have not announced this yet but by the time this airs we will have announced it so i'm safe to say uh, the big thing that's on the calendar, we're going to be announcing the dates for Why Not Community and Why Not Cam Awards. And we're actually moving it up this year. So it was in it was in the fall last year in the October time frame. And we're going to move up to August, early August. Um, there's a couple reasons for that. Um, part of it was to keep continuity, continuity with the uh, with the hotel that we that's treated us so well because they're going to be doing some renovations in October. Um, but then also um Jay had really been lobbying for this for a long time anyway to move to August. Uh, 
because the weather is just a little bit more predictable and nicer. So if we're going to be outside in Hollywood and uh, maybe we sometimes do evening rooftop parties and all that kind of stuff, it's really uh, uh, great when we can um, when we can get it when the weather's a little bit more predictable because it can get slightly cold in October sometimes. Yeah, you could definitely say that. Well, so so that will be. By the way, I didn't give the exact dates real quickly. Um, that will be August six. Will be the arrival day for Community. Then we'll have uh, full days of activities on the seventh and eighth, and then the one at Cam Awards will be on uh, August 9th at the Avalon. Fantastic! I can't wait to see it uh, one more time. Before I let you go and and say all the sweet things I do to everybody at the end of the show, can you please tell everybody once again where they could find everything Why Not, including yourself? Sure. Um, I'm at Twitter. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's just at Why Not Connor. So Y-N-O-T-C-O-N-N-O-R. Um, our main company site is at WhyNot.com, Y-N-O- at Y-N-O-T-D-O-T-C-O-M. Um, you can find our flagship site, WhyNot.com, Y-N-O-T. Um, that's the great place to to follow us. There's a newsletter sign up. So if you want industry news delivered straight to your uh, your inbox, it's just whynot.com forward slash newsletters. And you can pick the business newsletters, fan newsletters, events, newsletters, whatever you're interested in. That's a great way to stay up on what we're what we're uh, doing. Um, why not mail? Y-N-O-T-M-A-I-L.com. If you are looking for an uh, industry-friendly email marketing platform. Also, why not network? Uh, com is the Macedon server we talked about. So if you'd like to sign up uh, uh, there and kind of claim your handle and get your presence set up and maybe have a second place to uh, to interact, that's a great place to do that. Man, I, I could. I'm trying to think what else I can uh, get into here. Why not ID.com? If you're a model and you want to create a free profile page, go into why not ID.com, create a model account, and then look. Once you're logged in, you'll see the options to create and publish your own link list profile page. You can do that for free anytime. So that's another place to uh, to interact with us. Uh, there's a few more, but I think I'll just leave it there. Oh my goodness, fantastic. I want to thank you and Jay for not only being so uh, so kind to me and gracious to me when it comes to the podcast, but also giving me a landing spot when it comes to the conventions that you're at. It means the world to me. It's been great getting to know you guys and see what you do, what you create, how you treat the the talent and the industry as a whole. I wish you nothing but the best of luck moving forward. Uh, my shout out is to Alyssa. She has been nothing but nice to me every time that we've interacted. And uh, I know the whole team is probably just like that. So thank you so much for what you do and for how you've treated me. I really appreciate it. Man, we love having you uh, around in, in Exotica. And Jay, I will just say this, not to not to embarrass you, but Jay was gushing about you the first time he met you. And like uh, he was telling me all about you and I hadn't met you yet. And um, and I was like, OK, whatever, you know, and Jay met somebody he liked. And then when I did get to meet you, finally, I was just like, oh, I fucking love this guy. Like I get I get exactly what Jay's, Jay's getting at. I love this guy. I just felt like we were like long lost friends or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I can agree with that. I can agree with that. I I think we connected so much on uh, just kind of a personal level, but we have uh, such similar views on things and our love of music and stuff like that. It was it was hard not to become fast friends. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thanks so much for having me on your show, man. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, once again, best of luck with everything. And I'm sure I'll see you down the road soon enough. Sounds great, man. Thank you. 